As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to MAF Sports Take. Whether it's breaking news or sports business, this is your home for unmuzzled and unconventional sports talk. With assistant general manager, director of player personnel, and three-time world champion on his resume, David Turner has a thing or two to teach you about pro football. At his side is Ryan Roberts, former college football player, football coach, and NFL Draft Bibles director of scouting. Together, they're here to take you on a deep dive into what goes on in the world of sports. Ryan and David, take it away. Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Mav Sports Take, episode 66, your unmuzzled sports talk, bringing you an inside look into the business of sports. I'm Ryan Roberts, of course, joined by 18-year scouting vet, Mr. David Turner, across the NFL, CFL, including three straight Elite League championships with the Arizona Rattlers. We are live here on Twitter, on YouTube, on Facebook, and TikTok, apparently. So, (laughs) Happy to have you here, David, once again, episode 66. Before we begin, we have a lot of, a lot of topics, college football-centric, a lot of hires, a lot of transfers, a lot of things to tackle tonight, my friend. How are you? You know, I'm good. I'm doing well just off the Thanksgiving travel schedule. You know, went and saw the family, had some, some good food, and enjoyed the time with the you know friends and family, as I hope everybody did. And now I'm back at it, back down here in AZ, getting ready to get after another great show with you. And you know, we got some exciting things to announce down the road, but I, I got some new stuff going on and, you know, it, it's, it's, it's a new, new dawn, new dawn. Math sports is moving, moving up, baby. Yeah, man. A lot of new ventures to, to, we're going to kind of tease, I'm sure at some point here, but some, some cool things that we're working on together uh, on in the future. So want to thank everybody that's out there, whatever social media platform you are on right now to kind of listen to us. If you want to throw questions out all night, we're it's going to be very free-flowing because there's a lot of topics college football-centric. So whether you're on TikTok, you're on Twitter, throw a, throw a question out to us. We would love for you. Before we do, would you be a parent of a high school athlete trying to make it to the next level? If you answered yes, then why not secure coaching for them from an expert? Here at Maverick Sports Consulting, we work with high school athletes of all sports to create a strategy for their recruiting plan. With limited scholarships given each and every year, a pointed recruiting plan will help to uh, help clients to secure their opportunities to play collegiate sports. We focus on the transcripts, the film, leadership, and more to set your goals and create pathways to get to them. 
Whether you're looking to attend an SC school or Slippery Rock University, we can support your efforts to get to these goals in 2022. Contact us today at Maverick Sports Consulting. So, David, uh, I'm going to let you pick here, man, because I'll tell you right now, we have Brian Kelly, of course, leaving Notre Dame to go to LSU. Big, big thing that we're uh, – and uh, it's so funny, man, because, like, that's obviously the big news, but, like, it overshadowed the fact that Lincoln Riley just left Oklahoma to go to USC. We had James Franklin a few days before that gets a 10-year extension with the Penn State Nittany Lions. And now the repercussions of this is, hey, Oklahoma needs to find a new head coach. Notre Dame needs to find a new head coach. Virginia Tech just hired the Penn, Penn State defensive coordinator. And Oklahoma, we are seeing transfer, I mean, exodus right now. Players are transferring out, including Austin Stogner, the star tight end, uh, Jadon Hazelwood, wide receiver. There's a lot of guys that are leaving. Spencer Rattler, of course, which obviously was a little more predictable with how his, you know, he lost his job down the stretch there to Caleb Williams. But then we're seeing decommitments. The t- number one quarterback in next year's class, Malachi Nelson, who was committed to Oklahoma in a day. As soon as Lincoln Riley was gone, he decommitted and now is going to USC, is now committed there. So, David, let me I'm gonna throw it out to you first. Do you want to talk Brian Kelly? Do you want to talk Lincoln Riley? Or do you want to talk about James Franklin? I'll let you pick. I'm going to talk about the whole fucking shit show. So, <laughs> well, again, that's a we, lot. That's a lot. It's very broad. Very broad. I know, but I'm going to start with the overall theme of what the fuck is college football doing allowing coaches to get hired during yeah. the season and taken away like – we talked about it. I think the show you weren't on a couple of weeks ago. Yep. The other Ryan and I talked about it. Like you, great, you go great name, let, great name by the way. Go ahead. Oh go yeah, on. it wasn't hard. It was so easy for me to remember who I was talking to. <laughs> oh, sure, and who I was yelling at because it was just Ryan, so it was easy. Um, but let's talk about the shit show that is fucking college football right now. Okay, you 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 literally let Texas Tech take a Baylor coach off the Baylor staff. And then you go and let UConn hire you know, Junior. Junior. Yeah, yeah. And then how, how about how about Don Brown, the old Michigan defense coordinator, now coaching UMass? Like, what is happening right now, man? It's crazy. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's just the wild freaking West. <laughs> and it, and again, I like I said that night, and I, I've said for years about the NFL hiring, but I said that night was like you gotta let a two week hiring freeze. You gotta have a two week hiring. No coaches during the season should be able to get hired. None. None. Well, well, let's talk about that for a second because I'm going to let you continue in a second. Notre Dame, if one or two things flip their way in the championship season um, next week in, in, in the uh, in the conference championships, if so if, if Alabama loses to Georgia for one, that's one thing. It's going to happen. If, well, okay, it's going to happen most likely, right? So yeah. if that happens – or Cincinnati is upset by Houston, who's 11 to 1. Not as likely, but possible. Or um, I think the last, uh, what was the last one? There was one more layer to Notre Dame potentially making the playoffs. Okay. So they just need one of those things to happen, which means they may have just lost their coach and they're going to be in the playoffs. It, it, just think about that for a second. They're literally might be in the top four. To, in the playoffs, what I'm about right it's, here, that's what I'm talking about. It, honestly, it ruins Notre Dame's chances. You know why it ruins Notre Dame's chances? These yeah. seniors that yeah. flip and played their fucking lives at Notre Dame committed and played them out. 
Five or six years. Five, Five or six or years. Six years. Yeah. And they got a shot at the college playoffs. But yep. now that the coach is gone, yeah, the voting people know that. Oh, you think that'll affect it, though? Do you think it'll affect it like I that? I bet you it will. I'll bet huh. you. Because Notre Dame always gets in somewhere or another, just like Alabama gets in somewhere or another, because they travel well and people want it well attended and all that crap. People Big brands. Yeah. They put the fucking rants in the comments. Let's hear you assholes. It's true. It's a fixed system. <laughs> all right, whatever. But Notre Dame and, and and Alabama and those those type teams always get extra votes, comments, yep. and whatever. And it just is what it is. All right. Fair. That being said, now the coach is gone. Yeah. Now the coach is gone. So if I got a chance to maybe have a Ohio State, Georgia, Alabama, Cincinnati, and someone other than Notre Dame because the coach is gone. Mm-hmm. It might sneak somebody in there, and they might not be worthy of the spot to be in there. All I'm just saying, not again. You know how I feel about Brian Kelly. I don't like the yeah. I, I and we'll get into all that down there. <laughs> but what I'm saying here about this is more about when we're talking the hiring practices of you know big business. Yeah, often the people who get hired at these big institutions are the highest paid state employees when they're a state school, you mm-hmm. know, and they're one of the higher employees in, in the state when they're employed by, you know, even a private institution because of the level of the football has gotten to and the sponsorship dollars and monies has gotten to. And you're allowing these individuals to go and be plucked and ruin these kids' lives. Mm-hmm. At shots at championships, at shots at opportunities, at shots at you know finishing the season strong in the middle of the damn season at the very tail end I should say at the damn season and the, all these coaches they tell players to play with injuries they tell them to come to their school they're going to be there they yeah. they they give them all these false hopes and promises and then you know what they get rewarded for this crap they get rewarded by bigger bigger paychecks and they bounce around and they don't care what they do to the kids Mm-hmm. So, you know, when I, when you want to bitch to me about players getting paid and shit, go fuck yeah. yourself. Because <laughs> these co- these coaches, these coaches could have kept shit quiet yep. for two more weeks or three more weeks or through the damn bowls and then made stuff happen. But no, no. Big business, they need decisions now to get that recruiting in, September, in February locked in, ready to go. And make sure those commits get there. And it's crap. It's crap. So I'm going to talk about the overall thing to start off with is I don't understand why college football and NFL don't have a two-week hiring freeze that you cannot hire anybody during the season. And after the season, there are two weeks where Mm -hmm. interviews are to be conducted and decisions are to be made before you can actually negotiate a contract with somebody. Will that prevent people from getting jobs? No. Brian Kelly would probably yeah. still be the LSU job. Okay? Agreed. We get it. We get it. But it would give an opportunity for other candidates to get interviewed, clean and easy, and it would allow the kids to finish with the coach they started with unless there's an egregious act of some reason why they need to be let go beforehand. Right. And therefore, you know what? We might see less coaches leaving, or you might see more movement because there's opportunity to interview more people 
The only thing, the only thing I think it's a little different is because uh, we've talked about that hiring freeze on the NFL level, and I feel like we both agree to that. Like I, I, I think teams would make better, more calculated p- decisions. I think p- people would get more opportunity, which is what I'm a big advocate for. For college football, I think it's a little different, just because we have free agent periods. We have, you know, the, the I feel like things are a little more scheduled out. College football is just so monotonous with recruiting you're recruiting a couple classes in front of you and it's just non-stop it, it, it i just feel like it's not sectioned and scheduled enough where time lost time will not affect it i think it would affect it which is the, ne- the negative part so i just think that college football would be a little bit harder to implement something like that to the nfl if that makes sense i'm I well, like, I understand what you're saying but again yeah. think about this yeah last year in the transfer portal I want to say we had what fifteen hundred kids. Well, that, that's another thing that we could talk about all night is that we the so the FCS season just got over for most teams, right? We right. now have it is flooded again, David. I'm going to say that the transfer portal is probably the same as it was last year. I think it is already because we uh, there was literally a couple of days there but we were getting like hundreds a day. It's crazy, well, and, that, and that's what I'm saying is like what you need to do. Yeah, serious, hundred percent. Is start what you just said, structuring it like the NFL. Transfer portal people, you cannot make a transfer until, you know, what, January semester is over, you know, for all for all to be fair. So <laughs> February 1st, you can make tra- transfers. Great. Right. The bowls happen here in a couple weeks. So you can hire your coach in a couple, you know, like I said, you can hire mid-January. Yeah, and they give them two weeks for transfer portal. No commitments, no high school commitments or offers or whatever you want to call them until March. Okay, now you can get hired. You can do your recruiting. Transfer portals opened early. It's just like free agency for the NFL happens about a month before the draft, right? Yeah. So now nothing is affected, and it's all clean. It's all easy. Either you keep your coaches or you don't. All the coaches that are stable are going to say, oh, I don't want to wait until March to get my commits. F you, because this <laughs> rule isn't for you, Nick Saban and all those guys. This rule is for the people that are making changes. Is it going to change who's going to Alabama? No. Is it going to change who's going to Georgia? No. Is it going to make them recruit a little longer? Yes. Right. That's all it's going to do. It's just going to make them recruit a little longer. That's all. And you know what? It's not going to change that stuff, but the hiring process might become a little bit more fair along the line and you might get better candidates along the line and you definitely won't be screwing over the kids that are trying to finish your college career with the same coach who's played through injuries, who's had surgeries on their body, who've done all that stuff in order to be part of this program. And then they see their coaches take off on them with three weeks left. Like you're not going to finish coach. You asked me to finish, play through pain, you know, come back, play my senior year, don't leave, come back and play, be be part of that program. Oh, but you're out, like you're gone. You, you know, my 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 biggest um, 
I don't want to say my biggest dispute, but like one thing that really rubbed me the wrong way was there was a report that came out after it was like a screenshot. Brian Kelly just like he there was no meeting or anything. He just sent him a message like, "Hey guys, I'm doing this. We we could talk tomorrow nine a nine a. I think it was like a seven a.m. nine a.m. whatever it was meeting. If you guys have any questions, then I can answer it. But like decisions already been made. I feel like that should have been a conversation that was like put on the table. Like, hey guys, like LSU is pursuing me. I'm going to talk to them. And I just feel like there's just no trans. There should be transparency because, like, we're talking now about. I mean, these kids put their, you know, they put their themselves on the line, their health, obviously, but just like their time on the line for four to six years now with, with the with the extra COVID year. I feel like there was there should be some transparency to it, you know. Like I just feel like that was not the way to go out, and it's just a bad look. And I, and I honestly do not want to. Just break down Brian Kelly because we can. There's a lot of instances of him just not being a good guy. Like there really oh, yeah. is, he's, and it's out there. He's a dick. Well, he so. is. No, and it absolutely is. And there's, I mean, and people are floating out their their stories and their past stuff on Twitter about it. And like, it's highly publicized, man. Like you can find plenty instances of him just being a, a jackass. Like well, let's just call it what you it get is. Get rid of a coach who people thought was a jackass, and now yep. you're bringing another jackass. When you have the Louisiana coach sitting right there, Louisiana Monroe, I believe it was. Lafayette. Right, yeah, Lafayette. Lafayette. There you go. Sorry, right. Louisiana Lafayette. Yep. And he's sitting right there. He recruits the state really well. He's got a great program going. He's mm-hmm. got a shot at Florida, from what I understand. He yep. might be the next coach at Florida. And now you go and take Brian Kelly away from Notre Dame. Yeah. And it and he's and he doesn't have a great reputation. You know what I mean? And if you think Brian Kelly is going to get the athletes. He does not know how to recruit Louisiana. He doesn't know how to recruit Florida. He doesn't know how to recruit Texas and get the kids out of there. Like, Brian Kelly doesn't have the inroads. And so you're going to see some athletes that might have considered LSU Mm -hmm. considering other schools and taking their talents other places because Brian Kelly is not going to be able to to capture their hearts and souls and get them to go to LSU. That's just my take on that. You know, I don't like Brian. I I can put my Notre Dame shirts back on now and that he's gone. I can become a fan again because I'm tired of him. I've said it plenty of times. I don't like him. And if you have don't, if you have a problem with that, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I, I think this was a bad hire for LSU. I think it was a bad move for Notre Dame. I mean, it's a great move for Notre Dame, but it's a bad move. For timing, yeah, and the timing was terrible. And I, unlike you, I don't think the transparency can be there as much as as much as you want during the season, because mm-hmm. you got to have these kids playing and getting ready to go. But if again there was a hiring freeze after the season, and the, it was all wrapped up, all business was wrapped up, you could literally go and say, "Hey, you know what? I got this person pursuing me that I want to give you a heads up," you know. But during yeah. the season, it's too hard. Yeah, no, and I get that, and and you're right. But a text it's, message it's, is crap. Like just it is those crap. Care, you know, call them in on, on on you know again. Everybody's rushing to break the news the night before, but instead of him going, "Hey, don't announce. I want to talk to the team." Well, the worst part was that you know, the message talk to the team. The message that broke was from an assistant coach. He's like, I just got this text. Like, it was literally coaches as well are involved in this. And so let's break down Notre Dame. Like, let's go a little more in depth about it. Yeah, okay, right, let's do it. Let's do it. You, you, you broke down obviously. Like, all right. So this is the this is the thing. Okay, this is the thing. 
Brian Kelly is not a bad coach. Brian Kelly is a good coach. Okay. There are two. Not just. You're not going to convince me of that. Okay. Well, he's won at every institution at a pretty high level. Like I understand cheats at every institution that okay. he's at. Okay. All right. Well, from Grand Valley State to Central Michigan to Cincinnati to Notre Dame, he has turned around programs. Okay. So I'm not going to sit here and act like he's a bad football coach. What I will say is. I think he's overrated. That's one. I do think he's overrated. I don't think he's a great person. Like, and we've just hot, I hot, we, we just demonstrated that pretty well. And I think that in year 11 or whatever it was for Brian Kelly, we have seen, I, and I, I've said this now for a couple of years, you know, they've won 10, 10, 10 or more games, I think in five straight seasons. So like, it's been a decent run, but like, I feel like we've hit the cap of how good Notre Dame could be with Brian Kelly. Like they are like, and cause we keep seeing the recurring issues against the best teams of college football. They are a good regular season team. They win and they win pretty convincingly for the most part over the last few years. And then they go and they play, although they beat Clemson in the first game without Trevor Lawrence, like they go and they play Clemson with Trevor Lawrence last year. And they are, they are outclassed. Then they play Alabama. They're outclassed. Although they are competitive for some parts of the game, it's clear that they are just not to the level of those teams. And I don't feel like we're going to get there with Brian Kelly. So I am personally, and I would be very, very transparent. We're talking about transparency. I, The minute it broke, I was upstairs. I ran downstairs and I gave my wife a high five. I have been asking for this for several years. Since the four and eight year, and even since then, even when they've been a double-digit win team, because although because you're never going to – people get into this mode where they're like, oh, but remember what it was like with Tyrone Willingham and Charlie Weiss? Yeah, I do. I understand that it's better than it was, but that still doesn't mean that it's the, it still doesn't mean that it's good enough. Brian Kelly's not, it's not good enough, man. So when it, when he left, when the announcement hit that he's going to LSU, I'm like, cool. That's awesome. That's good. I think it's good for both parties because Brian Kelly got paid. God bless him. It was like a hundred million dollars, not a hundred million dollars. It was, well, actually, no, it was like a hundred million dollars because he got 10 million a year or whatever, right around that ballpark for 10 years. So good for Brian Kelly. I'm fine with that. The Notre Dame piece though, like I think that Notre Dame is going to be in a fine situation because I do think, and this is speculation on my part. A lot of people are bringing up Luke Fickle from Cincinnati as maybe a guy. A lot I like of people. That idea. I like that idea. I, I don't. I, I don't mind. And if that's the idea, if you're able to retain Marcus Freeman as your defense coordinator, because they have a relationship, they do it, from from Ohio State, right? Ohio. Well, and and they coach in Cincinnati together too. So, and yeah. he he coached Marcus while he was at Ohio State. He coached or he coached Marcus, and then he was a coach with Marcus. At, you know, a peer. And um, I will say that if he can retain him and Luke Fickle's the guy, I'm good with it. Okay. But I would not be as good with it if it was Luke Fickle without Marcus Freeman. I'll be very honest because I think Marcus Freeman is a star in the making. I want to keep him a part of Notre Dame, whether that's an, as a defensive coordinator or as a head coach. I need to keep him. I just need to, in my opinion. The other names that are going to get thrown out, Matt Campbell from Iowa State, I don't think that's going to happen. I wouldn't hate it, but I don't think it's going to happen. And then, of course, Urban Meyer's always going to get thrown out because he was on Notre Dame staff at one point. So, like, oh, dream job, blah, dark blah, blah. Horse, dark horse. Dark horse. Dark horse. Yeah. Because the personality actually fits really well. Okay. And it's just because I know the man. Okay. Dark horse. My boy from Utah. Whittingham? Yeah. 
personality fits, personality fits Notre Dame. I like Kyle Whittingham, but like, what? I don't know why he would take the job. I don't know because it's Notre Dame. And, I get like, does he have ties Notre to Notre Dame though? Like, does he have ties? No, he doesn't have ties there. But again, yeah. if they do their background and they meet him, yeah, if they meet him because of him as a man and who he is. He fits the Notre Dame profile and and persona. So, like again, if like I said, dark horse. I don't yeah. know if he'll get an interview or not, but I'm yeah. just saying, if they were to meet him, they would really like him. Well, I'll defer to you on that one because I don't know Coach Witt personally. I've never really had a, I haven't had a conversation with him. So, like, if you think his personality fits, I will, I will take your take your opinion there. But I will say the two things that I think are are the most likely, and I think that it's going to be one of them, Luke Fickle. Or I think Marcus Freeman is going to be promoted to head coach, and I am going to be purely more transparent. I'm good, I'm good with all of those. Those yes. are all good names. They're all solid names. They're all people that are good football people. Yeah. So I'm good with any of them. Don't get me wrong. I love what Fickle's been doing at Cincinnati. I like what Marcus has done with the defense. I watched him, you know, as we talked last year when he was coming over. I like the man. I like what he yeah. does. I just want to put Witt's name in there because I think a dark horse as personality fit and who he is, it totally works with the in environment of what Notre Dame encompasses in the yep. kind of program he runs. It's clean. It's good. So, you know, again, I, I wouldn't, I would enjoy seeing him on a larger scale and a bigger stage. Um, Cause I think he would do really well there. Uh, Marcus though. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if Marcus got some head coaching opportunities. If, if, he doesn't become Notre Dame's head coach to where Fickle might come over, but Marcus gets his own job somewhere else, you know? Well, one thing that I heard people float around was Fickle comes to Notre Dame and then Marcus goes and be the head coach at, at Cincinnati, which he just came from last year. I don't like, I, it just seems clunky to me. Like, I don't, I don't know if I, if I, uh, I don't know if I subscribe to that, to that conversation, but well, yeah, what jobs are coming open? We still know. We still think, we still think Florida's o- coming. Oklahoma. Open. Oklahoma's <laughs> open. Well, Florida's fire. Florida hired um, the coach from Lafayette. So that, that job oh, they is, did. They, they, yes. they made that happen. Mm-hmm. Which okay. is a very good hire, by the way. I really like that hire a lot. Oh, yes. I, I, I agree. It's I, I'm all over. I didn't know they made the hire. Excuse me. I apologize. Yeah. I'm behind on that, but I, I heard that was a possibility. He was going there. But again, all this happening in November. Yeah. Like we're not even in December, folks. It's November 30th, and all this college movement has happened. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. unbelievable is that no one's called us to be their hire to be their scouting directors. <laughs> That's also unbelievable that Ryan Roberts and I aren't scouting directors for these colleges. But whatever. We'll get into that later. Yeah, no, it, it is, and it's a lot. I, I can't remember this, David. I can't remember college football this crazy in like a couple days for college coach, uh, college head coaching uh, movements. I, I think it's really fascinating. I mean, because again, we're not even to the championship season. Like <laughs> it's it's still a pot. I've, I've been doing this for twenty something years in the yeah. business, mm-hmm. and and I've been a fan longer than that. You know. Yeah. I've never in my life seen this happen ever in in, in season hires. Yeah, I I cannot recall it happening before. And then the major moves that we're seeing, where mm-hmm. Oklahoma's coach got perched, well, that- and, and going to SC, and then you got Notre Dame's coach getting, like you said, on the verge of the playoffs, getting perched and going down to LSU, like in the season. 
I've yeah. never seen it. Never. Well, I, I feel like it's this transport portal philosophy now. Like, it, it just seems like it, man. Like, people are just so okay with movement. We're going to talk about that because there's a huge layer to the transfer portal to the Oklahoma story because we're going to talk Lincoln Riley to USC. Before we do, have you secured any sponsorships with your name, image, and likeness yet? No. What's keeping you from earning money or gaining products today? Probably access to companies. Maverick Sports Consulting can connect those dots for you. We believe in the power of athletes making a living off of their own likeness while going to college. If it's simply that you don't have access to companies, don't let that keep you from being successful. Contact us at Maverick Sports Consulting so we can help you navigate your path to gaining corporate sponsorships for your collegiate career. An athlete's earning potential is limited. Why wait until tomorrow to start earning today? It doesn't matter what sport you play. We help all our clients achieve the goals, con, uh, their goals. Sorry. Con, just contact us today at Maverick Sports Consulting. TikTok, the clock is ticking. Of course, you have to, you're always talking about TikTok, David. You're always talking about TikTok. So, <laughs> um, all right. So, like I said, we're going to the next layer. We talked about Brian Kelly. We talked about the aftermath. LSU, like, uh, man, I, I think LSU is going to be very disappointed in a couple years. But, Lincoln Riley. Sorry, God. Yeah, no, no, no. I was going to say, before we jump into Lincoln, two yes. minutes. Yes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Two minutes. Starting the time. The freaking 10 year contracts for these college coaches. It's crazy. I mean, Penn State, yeah, your coach was getting flirted with yep. by LSU. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of us fans of Penn State that aren't really excited about this coach any longer. Mm hmm. And you go and reward them with a 10-year contract, which like Ryan just said about LSU's 10-year contract, they're probably going to be unhappy in three to four years, if not earlier. <laughs> so you're going to be unhappy, and you're going to fire a guy in three years on a 10-year deal. And you're giving them, like LSU gave uh, Kelly, what, $10 million a year? Mm-hmm. So you owe this guy a hundred million dollars if he's your coach or not, or unless you fire him for cause. That's how these contracts work. Now some of them have buyouts, and some of them have like you know, like what Virginia Tech did made no freaking sense to me. That coach had a two and a half million dollar like the, the, by firing them when they did versus firing them, you know, in December, it cost the program two and a half more million dollars because it's right. buyout in December. He, he would be like 75 cents on the dollar or whatever. It would have saved him like two and a half million. But no, they fire him during the season. So he gets a golden parachute on the way out the door. But these kids can't get paid. But these, you know, we can't have health care for all. But we can pay these college coaches hundreds of millions of dollars to get fired. So anyways, go ahead, Lincoln Riley. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry. I got I also I got distracted when you were talking, David, because I want to tell you a quick story. And this is completely separate to what we're talking about. So there's a quarterback, you know him, Jake Hayner from Fresno State, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fifth-year senior. He's a good little player. Good little player. I was talking about him today because I was trying to figure out which uh, which of the all-star games would be getting him, right? He just entered the transfer portal. He's not coming out? He's not coming out, apparently. He just entered the transfer portal. What the heck? <laughs> I, I can't believe it. I saw someone posted a thing that was like in the transport portal, and I knew he transferred before, so I thought it was an old thing. Six minutes ago, man, he's in the portal now. He is leaving Fresno State. Not for the NFL. No, 
I, 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 look, I am looking at it right now to make sure my eyes are not deceiving me. Yes, it is from eight minutes ago from the verified NCAA transfer portal page that says 2017 three-star Jake Hayner, who signed with Washington before transfer to Fresno State, has re-entered the transfer portal. In two seasons with the Bulldogs, he passed for 5,831 yards and 46 touchdowns. He is indeed in the transfer portal right now. Okay. Is he going to SC? Is that why he's in there? I think he, uh, Washington is has a new coach coming. Maybe he's going back to Washington, man. He transferred from Washington. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, don't, there. I, don't, I don't know if he'd go back there. You think maybe he's USC dead? Oh, man, I didn't even think about that. He's going with Lincoln for a year, you think? He can go with Lincoln for a year. It gives Lincoln a year to buy, you know, figure out what he wants to do. And, or he, you know, Texas Tech is going to be open. I mean, they got a young quarterback at Texas Tech that's decent, but yeah, I kind, you know I kind of, I, I kind of like the young quarterback they have over there, Donovan Smith. He looked pretty good yeah. in a couple games, but that's bizarre, man. It's bizarre. It, it is. Someone just got in his ear. Someone got in his ear to sit, tell him to come down to wherever they're going. If he did it eight minutes ago, someone got in yeah. his ear. I just because I, I literally David was having a conversation with someone and I was pasting like who is the senior bowl quarterbacks for this year and he was the eighth guy on the list. I was like, I think he's a senior bowl kid. I think he's gonna go to the senior bowl. And now he's in the portal. Well, next week we can ask Jim because next week we're supposed to have him on. Right, we yeah. Well, and when we have executive director Jim Nagy from the senior bowl, maybe we'll have to ask about Jake Hayner. Like, the, is that something that caught you off guard? Like, what the heck, man? What's up with this? What's up with the transfer portal? All that to move into Oklahoma. I'm sorry, that was a complete segue. I literally just came across my timeline in a DM. No, I, I, well I respect as, that because I, you know it's happening so fast right now. I mean, we're getting information left and right, and it's just crazy that we're still there are still college football games to be played. Mm-hmm. And we are having these conversations. It's and I mean, and Jake Hayner, they're playing in a bowl game, right? So it's like, huh? huh. Well, I know. They so they're they're so, well, well, their head their head coach is leaving to take the Washington job. So my head hurts my head hurts let's, let's know, there's too many freaking chess pieces there's too many it's not even chess pieces there's just too many chess boards going on right now oh man Holy let's crap. let us please oh uh, someone just texted me and said he's going back to washington that's the word apparently no, i don't know the coach he's going back with the coach so he started at washington went to Fresno state and most likely now going back to washington which that's bizarre man that is like that someone in his ear you know you're you're going to be the ninth or tenth quarterback coming out in the NFL draft. Come to Washington and get more exposure, and you'll be like the sixth next year. Yeah. Oh man, that's 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 crazy. Let, let's go to Lincoln Riley though to USC. So if you're not following this story, Lincoln Riley has been a very successful offensive mind, uh, probably one of the top two or three, maybe the best offensive mind in all of college football. Like the dude is, dude's sharp, man. Like there's no doubt about it. And he's a guy that gets rumored every single year, David. And for the most part, he gets rumored for, like, NFL jobs. Like, is he the like, next? Like the Cowboys job. Right. It's Like, is he the next young gun uh, college coach that can make that jump, right? Like, is he that guy? And he gets named, gets run out every year. And, you know, and then there's, like, the LSU get, job went uh, open. And then people are talking about, like, oh, would he go down to LSU? Which is there's a lot of fake news in that, in that department. But he ends up out of nowhere, out of the blue, 
USC going out to Southern California. Got a nice contract out there, to say the least, um, to play, you know, to coach ball in Southern California. So, like, God bless him in that department. But what I did think you say bussin'? What? God what bless him. Bless oh, God him. bless him. I'm sorry. Bless him. God bless him. Bless him. Bussin's a, a new thing the kids are saying. I yeah, I know. Like, I, I thought you I'm, got it from – and I was I, like, wow, did Ryan just say bussin'? I'm in education, so I gave a kid breakfast this morning, and he said, oh, this is bussin'. So I, I get it. I, 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 I'm I, down with some of the lingo. Not not enough, but, like, I know what you're saying. Um, So, David, so we get USC, gets their new head coach. I think it's a great hire for USC, to be very honest. I think it's a great, great hire. Oklahoma, on the other hand, Everyone's leaving, man. All these kids are transferred now. They're all going into the portal. Austin Stogner, a couple of wide receivers. Uh, Spencer Rattler, which was predictable, is in the portal now. Uh, and a lot of decommitments. Malachi Nelson, the top quarterback. They've had a running back that decommitted, and I think in the 2023 class. So they, and I, I know we always tell, like, people always tell college players, and it's never true to a degree, but they always say, commit to a school for what the school offers you, not to play for a coach. And obviously that's, you know, we always say that, but it's not how that actually works, right? But man, Max Exodus in in Oklahoma, whoever takes this Oklahoma job is going to be in a tough spot, man, because there's a lot of guys leaving for the NFL this year, really talented football players, and you're losing a lot of your young depth right now and a lot of the young, talented football players. Let's start with the USC layer. Lincoln Riley, do you like the hire? Love the hire for the Pac-12. Yeah. I think the whole conference wins with Lincoln in it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think SC has been tired of being at the bottom since Pete Carroll left. Let's be honest. Yeah. So now they're just like, okay, cool. We are going to get a very impactful young coach, energetic a coach that fits. Honestly, Lincoln fits the, the California lifestyle. I mean, I know he's been in Oklahoma, but he kind of fits that look, that whole SC look. Um, you know, he'll be running around with Sean McVay, I'm sure, out at practice and hanging out at the Rams a little bit. And that's the kind of celebrity they're looking for at SC, right? Yeah. So I like the hire for SC a lot. I think it puts a lot of the Pac 12 schools on notice. Um, that coaching better be picked up. Like out here at Arizona State, people thought Herm was going to be in trouble with all the recruiting stuff that happened yeah. last year. Yeah. Um, and then the other, after the game against Arizona the other day, they asked him and kind of he said, oh, I, you know, I plan on being back next year. So it looks like he might get, you know, get a reprieve for at least one more year. And I think his contract's up next year. So I don't know if it's something we're going to see in the offseason worked out. Well, he's going to be retained and stay for oh, past that or if it's just going to be next year and we'll see how it goes. That mm-hmm. I don't know out here. But that being said, bringing a Lincoln Riley to town. Yeah. I mean, come on, you know, Cal, (laughs) Stanford, you know, Arizona. I I mean, we got some, you know, if if you, if uh, USC is making that kind of, that kind of plug for that kind of coach, you know, they're going to have to step it up and bring in some guns. You know, there's going to have to be some guns coming. Yeah. Oh man. I just came across another, uh, uh, picture on the timeline of brian kelly addressing the lsu football team today that's fantastic too by the way it stinks like the petrino leaving the dolphins right it just stinks of uh, that 
Falcons. 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 Sorry, yeah. Falcons. Nick, Sa- Nick Saban left the Dolphins. They're both. They're prematurely. all the same. They're all the same. They're all the they're same. All. Um, so I completely agree with you, though. I think Lincoln to USC, and I hate to say it because I dislike USC a very heavy degree. They're going to be relevant pretty soon here. So um, good move yeah, on this. Part. All, all look, look at the quarterbacks. What is it? The the quarterbacks. Uh, Bryce Young was a Southern California kid. Yeah. Um. There's another quarterback I'm not thinking of, but there's a, there's two or three other Southern California kids that went east. D- DJ Uyunglele from Clemson also was another guy. Thank yeah. you. I, I was the other one I was thinking of. Um, say, his, went, say, his, say his name real quick. No, nope, I'm just kidding. <laughs> will not. Um. But they all went east. They went east, and they could have been in in Southern California still playing. And those mm-hmm. are the kind of kids that, that Southern California again from, you know. Uh, modern day and and those ones they they just usually captured and they would get St. John and, Bosco, and yeah. St. John Bosco and stuff, you yeah. know, and yeah. Sal. So mm-hmm. you know, it was just like those are the programs that have been getting pitched or out of there. So now bringing a Lincoln to town, these kids are going to want to stay. They're going to want to play at SC. They're going to want to play for him. You know, he's a quarterback maker according to all these geniuses. So you know, I'm. I'm was that a shot? Was that a no, shot? No, no. <laughs> It was a shot at the geniuses, not at him. Oh, no, I know. I know that. No, it was a shot at somebody, though. It was definitely a shot. It was a shot at the geniuses. (laughs) Yeah, we're talking heads. But, um, you know, I love that. I love the hire. Now, for Oklahoma, to let him out the door, stupidest decision. Stupid. I don't care. Like, you got a young coach like him sitting there. You can make him the the highest-paid coach in college football. And he might mm-hmm. actually went, you know, live up to that potential. Yeah. I mean, Oklahoma's relevant. And before Lincoln's took over, they weren't that relevant, you know? And well, now he's Bob, going, they, they were relevant under Bob Stoops, though. They were a good team. They were at coming like like no, like you said, they hit their plateau with Notre Dame with Brian right. Kelly. Right. I agree there. They yeah. with Stoops. Mm-hmm. They kind of had hit that plateau. Agreed. And then now here we go, right? Lincoln yeah. comes in. And so I think again, whoever gets that Oklahoma job, unlike you, I think they got a gem. I think if they get the right person there, then all of a sudden, boom, people will stay. They won't actually leave. You know, you just got to get like that next Lincoln Riley type person. You can't go retread somebody that isn't worthy of it. I mean, Oklahoma is a historic program. Yeah, but I, I think that there's uh, there's one other issue though is that well maybe it's not a tough sell but maybe it's a good maybe it actually is a sell for players so like maybe maybe I'm misspeaking here but it's a tough situation for a coach to come into here with potentially a lot of players moving out and then also making that transition to the SEC next year like that's not going to be easy man they're not playing the Big Twelve next year you know what I mean like it's going to be a little t- I think there's going to be a transition. I love the challenge. Year. I love that challenge. I'm like, if I'm a coach, I'm like, I get to recruit SEC type players and bring them into SEC country and and say we're going to be playing the best next yeah. year. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you get. I think there's a good recruiting message there to to bring in. You know, the exposure SEC games are always on. You know, not like Big Ten weren't. They were. I mean, they're always on. Oklahoma's always on TV. You can yeah. always find their game. They're all. You know, what I'm saying so. I, I agree. I think, honestly, personally, Oklahoma can come back from this. It just has to be the right hire. Who that hire is, uh, unlike 
talking Notre Dame, I knew a couple of the people I thought would be good hires there. Oklahoma, yeah. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm sitting. I thought the news came out what two days ago. Yeah, and I've thought about it, and I'm just not sure who the right hire for Oklahoma is right now. The only like the only guy that's like so the other big name that's been on the market is Campbell from Iowa State, and like I guess he, I mean he's a really good coach. I really do like Matt Campbell a ton, but like does he fit into what Oklahoma's trying to do? Like it's just kind of a weird fit for me. I think he's a really good coach. I really do, but I is he that, that guy? Were, like third year in at Iowa State because my buddy's the head uh, athletic guy there. Yeah. And I went to visit. We, I was with the Rattlers, and we were in town to play. And we got yeah. in, like, a, a, a little time, so I was able to go over to Air, uh, Iowa State and get a tour of their facility, and I met him. And really dynamic young coach when I met him. Oh, I Very really dynamic like personality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I could tell why he was recruiting well and doing everything because he was such a dynamic individual early in his career. Yeah. And then I think X's and O's, he's a very smart coach. For sure. So if they wound up doing that, that would make a lot of sense to me. Um, and he's a mid, mid, the Midwest. He's got like the Midwest vibe. I don't know. I don't know if it fits. I really don't. I think he's a really Going good Going into coach, the SEC, but... like you said, I think me personally, I think they need a little bit. I don't know. Matt's a good coach. I mean, that's where I'm struggling because Matt's a good coach. Yeah. I don't know if his recruiting will be up to SEC levels. Right, right. He's he's kind of more like I mean he's a good recruiter for where he is, right? Like getting kids to come to Iowa to Ames, Ames, right? Ames, Iowa. Yeah, Ames, yeah. Coming out to Ames, like that's not an easy task to start with, but like he's done a good job recruiting to a degree. But like for me, what I consider Matt Campbell, I consider him a very good X's and O's guy, like you said. But I consider him a developer. You know, like he's going to take guys that maybe weren't quite you know, the Oklahoma's in the big 12, the Texas caliber players, but then when they leave, they're damn good football players, you know, like I, that's what I kind of well, see. That's with the him. Thing, though. Like he also is, I mean, he's got the inroads in that area because he recruits the same high schools. Right. That those guys are recruiting. He might not get that five-star athlete, but he's get some three and a half starters, you know? And like yeah. you said, he makes the most of it when he gets them. So. It would be nice because, uh, I mean, for the first time ever, you might see Oklahoma play a little defense with Matt Campbell as their coach, you know? <laughs> definitely. He, he's a very yeah. disciplined guy. He would definitely have him playing some defense. So, yeah. Iowa State's like the one of the only – I mean, TCU traditionally plays defense really well, but, like, they're like one of the – Baylor's done pretty well under Coach Aranda defensively, but, like, there are not many teams in the Big 12 that play defense. So I like um, the safeties that Baylor has this year. I'm not getting – Petrie. Petrie. Yeah, number number eight, I like right? The they play. Yeah. I like the way they play together. They play well together too. Yeah, yeah. Petrie, dude, is a he's gonna be an interesting eval from like a, a usage perspective. But like that dude plays with his hair on fire. So I'm I'm there with you. A too high system, which a lot of these stupid NFL teams have gone to. Yeah. Well, he reminds me. Of, I, I put a comp down for him. Sorry, we're digressing a little bit, but I compared him to Chuck Clark that plays with the Baltimore Ravens. So I think it's like the same guy, right? Like too high, physical guy. Maybe he's not a guy that you want playing on the roof a ton, but like he can rotate down and he could kind of do a little bit of everything. So yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, sorry, not not to, to digress there, but we're gonna talk about a little Big Twelve football. I think Matt Campbell will be an interesting guy. Matt Campbell's like six six, right? Just a little segue there. He's a really tall guy. He's a tall guy. Yeah, six five, yeah. six six, something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so sorry, I don't know why that just popped but in my head. Unlike Brian Kelly, if Matt Campbell goes to Oklahoma, most of his staff would probably come with him because they like him. Um, yeah. Whereas Brian Kelly's not going <laughs> to take his staff because they don't want to go. 
Well, we didn't even we didn't even talk about that, but so he, he's just, already just throwing it out there. Well, well, go, to go back to the Notre Dame situation for a second, apparently he has offered big money, uh, up you know up the ante a little bit to Marcus Freeman, the defensive coordinator for Notre Dame, Tommy Reese, the the offensive coordinator, former quarterback at Notre Dame, who's only twenty nine, I think, and then Matt Bayless, who's the strength and conditioning coach, and I consider him one of the best strength coaches in all college football. Like he's a damn good strength coach. Uh, apparently, Bayless has already said no. Marcus Freeman's in the conversation as next head coach. Actually, Tommy Reese is as well. That would be a disaster. Though. Do not make Tommy Reese the head coach. Like I like him developing as an offensive coordinator, but like I would rather him go with with uh, with BK than be the head coach. Like, I think that would be a disaster, but that's a conversation for another time. Uh, I know that we want to, uh, so David, here's the last layer. I want to actually ask you about the Lincoln Riley thing, the transfer portal, which we hope you opened with a little bit. You talked about it early in the show. So segueing a little bit, I mentioned a lot of FCS players are now making that jump. We just talked about Jake Hayner jumping in the transfer portal. When is this chaos going to stop, man? I, I it's it's crazy because like working in, f- with CGS College Ground Showcase and the All Star Game, I am constantly checking if kids are coming out or if they're going back. Despite being fifth year seniors, we are literally looking at a linebacker. I'm not going to name drop him. Um, for a ACC school that is a seventh-year senior and is going to be 26 years old on draft day. Dude, like, when is this going to – Hard not to figure that one out. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I, it might be harder than people think, honestly, but go ahead. <laughs> Pretty easy when you Google that. Yeah, go ahead. Um, they Google were just it. talking about it the other day. Oh, uh, I was watching that game, and they were just talking about it. Oh, are they? Um, yeah, yeah. All right, but, but, um <laughs> I think you know how I feel about the transfer portal. I think it's ridiculous. I think kids get upset with playtime and they bounce and they don't know what, you know, they always think it's greener on the other side. They hear about a few of the success stories that it does work for them, but they don't hear about the hundreds it doesn't work for. Um, mm-hmm. And and again, I think, I'll be honest, I'm th- what's going on with college football right now is making me more a proponent for the freaking you know, transfer portal and to mm-hmm. get on board with it than I have ever before. Because, you know, I've coaches are going to bounce around like this on the kids in the middle of their season and at the end of the season. And, you know, these corporations are allowed to make, con- you know, contract uh, negotiations happen and, and offers to coaches before their seasons are up. Why shouldn't a kid be able to transfer out? Why can't, you know, you told me in the recruiting process I was going to get a chance. I'm not getting a chance. See ya. Now, I don't believe in it because I think the see us, the kids are going to find it harder to find a place to play. And there's going to be a lot of hard, uh, hard knocks out there for these kids to learn from. It's not going to be easy. Like we saw Walker transfer from what? Uh, Wake Forest? No. Wake Forest. Purdue. Oh, was it Wake Forest? To Michigan State? Yep. Yeah. Wake Forest, and now he's having a heck of a year at Michigan State, and he couldn't, you know, he didn't get much run. He had a share time there at Wake Forest. Um, mm-hmm. That's one of the successes, right? Yeah. You know, we hear about some of these top recruits have some successes, but the transfer portal to me is not one in which, you know, we see 1,000, 1,500 kids get into, and we're going to hear about 12 successes. Right. And all the other ones are just going to be bouncing around, trying to figure it out. And it's hard. And if I'm a parent of a kid, and you know, like you said earlier, you alluded to earlier, it's, you really got to go to a school 
you want to be part of the program, the rich tradition and history, no matter who the coach is, stick it out and play there, you know? Yeah. And, and if your play time's not there, then you got to get it, you know, you got to earn it. I mean, Priest Holmes was behind freaking Ricky Williams at Texas, right? And mm. he still had a hell of an NFL career. We find you as, as personnel guys, we will find you, you know, there, but you know, I'll be honest with you. If I look at a starter, he's a one-year starter. Mm-hmm. And the guy in front of him played three years, but he's also a heck of an NFL player. I go, oh, that's why. I mean, shit, he got this guy who's a hell of a player that was in front of him. It was hard to get him off the field, right? And now, if, but if I look at the guy that uh, I, I have done this argument before, and, you know, he started one year, had great measurables, wondering what team I'm talking about, and then <laughs> – and I had to try to argue why not to draft a certain kid because he was a one-year starter and the guy in front of him didn't even get a cup of coffee, not even a training camp invite, but he was a three-year starter in front of him. He couldn't move him off the table. He couldn't get him out of the spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then that guy fizzled out really quick in the NFL. So it was, it was a you know, again, it was hard to do that in some instances. But, you know, if you're a kid that you just can't get on the field because the guy in front of you is so good, I mean, look at Miami back in the day. They had Willis McGahee. Well, that's what uh, I was going to say was Frank Gore. Frank Gore was like a part-time player at Miami, you know, because he had to share Clinton Portis and Willis McGahee and Jared Payton and, like, so many dudes, man. Najee yeah. Davenport. Like, it was really talented backfield. It was crazy. That's what I'm saying. It's like, so, I mean, when you look at stories that way, you understand why they're one-year hits and then they go to the NFL and they, they have great careers. You're like, cool. But when you look at guys and you're like, ah, the guy you couldn't move sucks so that right. means you, you know what i mean like and then they all and then parents are always tell me oh, it's the coach that didn't like them or this and that i'm like coaches jobs are dependent on winning football games so yeah if you can't if you can't prove to the coach you know that i can play for you and help you keep your job um i'm a little i'm a little skeptical of that one Coaches put their best athletes on the field. Like, let's call it what it is, man. That's and and D- David, uh, I'm sorry, man. Like, this is the worst timing to do a podcast because there's just so much news that just keeps coming. Your favorite wide receiver just entered the transfer portal. Guess who? I have a few this year. I actually like okay. the receiver class. West Coast, West Coast. My guy from from Fresno State. Jalen Cropper and the portal. Oh, he's going to Washington too, huh? <laughs> they might, dude. He might follow. They're going up to Washington together. <laughs> they might, dude. They yeah, that kid, that kid, like, because he plays at Fresno, people don't know about him. And if you watch him, he is a dynamic freaking little player, dude. Like, they put him. Yeah, I don't think he's like was he like five nine maybe something like that maybe he's you know. listed at six foot. I don't know. Yeah, he's, I don't think he's a big guy. Let's just put it out. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's fun watching him play football. They can do all those Z fly sweep crap and all the little pitch passes and things, and he turns stuff into nothing from nothing into something. Yeah. I, I really I like him, and now it doesn't surprise me if he shows up in Washington because him and the quarterback have a really good rapport. The coach is going to go there. So that makes sense. But again, look at what's going on. These seasons aren't even really 100% done. You got coaches leaving, kids going in portals to make sure they get their spots to go where the coach is going. And it's screwing up the whole, the whole system. The whole system. 
It's crazy, man. It's crazy. I was just I was trying to look up his measurables if he, but he's only he's only a junior, so he didn't have a junior day. So yeah, I forgot. I, I thought he was a senior for a second. Um, no, he's only a junior. I knew that. Yeah, he's only a junior. So I guess he's probably going to Washington with Jake Hayner, and we're going to see that that connection reborn out there in the Pac-12. Which I guess for Jake Hayner, it's like man, coming full circle, right? Like you were cast off from from Washington, and now you're going to go back and be the starting quarterback for Washington. The prodigal son returns. I mean, if you saw Washington play football this year, you understand that it was it was a struggle offensively. So, like, hey, Jake Hader is yeah. a welcome, welcome uh, person. Uh, last thing we want to talk about, David. Last thing. I know we we've covered a lot of stuff, man. We've talked a lot of things. Packed hour. <laughs> um, you wanted to bring up one thing, though, with our last like five minutes here. Let's talk about it. James Franklin, ten-year contract. Penn State. Yeah, what what the fuck is this? <laughs> I mentioned it a little bit earlier in the show, but let's be yeah, frank. Yeah, James Frank. James Franklin does not belong at Penn State for ten more years. But that that was a good that was a good little play on words there. By the way, let's be frank. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Good. Sorry. I'm, I'm I'm smarter than I look, and I'm smarter than my verbiage will indicate most times. That's my mother. But <laughs> uh, you know, for me, I'm like when I saw that, I my head exploded. I was at my mother's house. We're having Thanksgiving weekend. I'm watching football. I see that come up, and my head exploded. And I was like, are you kidding? I'm like, he gets flirted with with LSU. (laughs) And so they just go overcommit. It's like, dude, don't put the ring on her finger. She's not worth it. Like, come on, man. Keep it moving. (laughs) Like, you know what? Like, the engagement should have proven to you that this is not the one to marry. Right. You know? I mean, it's just like he's not an incredible recruiter. He's not. He's not the best X's and O's coach. And every 10 minutes I turn on the TV and he's crying about something. <laughs> I watch him on the sidelines. He's crying about something. And it's like, dude, are you just the world's biggest complainer and crier? Like, you know, coach your team and shut your pie hole. It's just unbelievable watching this man work the sidelines and cry about stuff. And if they win, they, he cries. If they lose, he cries. It, you know? In the middle of the game, he cries. And that's not me just being a misogynistic guy. It's like, dude, control your emotions and be in control of your sidelines. Be in control of the what's going on on the field, you know, and make it work. I just, I'm not a big fan of James, obviously, Franklin. I'm not a big fan. I was hoping that this would be his last year at Penn State and that job would open and we can get a Finkel or somebody like that at Penn State that I really like. Finkel? Ray Finkel? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> The, the the Cincinnati coach fickle 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 fickle. <laughs> I'm sorry, it was funny. You know who I'm talking about. I was no, I just I just started thinking about Ace Ventura now. Ray Finkel. Oh, yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. <laughs> so, yeah, but I was just thinking like that. You know, like he would go there. I'm like, that'd be a great hire. That'd be awesome. That'd be a Penn State like team. I'd get excited for next year for sure. You know, but now hey. we got him for ten years. And these think about this: NFL coaches are getting six and seven year deals, mm-hmm. and these and these and these. College coaches are getting 10-year deals now. It's crazy, man. Like, it's insane to think about. And people who want to bitch and whine about money, bitch and whine about this kind. Because these are football coaches that are getting six, seven, nine million million in some cases, $10 million in the BK case down yeah. to LSU, and that's guaranteed money. Like, yeah. he's making $100 million for 10 years of his life. It's crazy. We don't have teachers and doctors and, you know, people that are, are cops and are 
or firemen and women, we, they're not making this kind of money, but these football coaches are able to lie to kids, bring them into colleges, not see the things through, and get absolute godlike complexes to then make $10 million a year coaching a football squad. Mm-hmm. Like, it's unbelievable to me. And then they have, like, 22 coaches. They have full recruiting departments. Like, what do they do that much that warrants $10 million a year and to be the highest-paid state employees in their states? Like, when the Washington State coach got fired, he was getting paid, what, $3 million a year, and he wouldn't take the vaccine? And he, him and four of his coaches got shown the door when they knew it was coming if he didn't take the vaccine, and he was a state employee. And then everybody wants to say, oh, he's got a choice. There was a mandate for all the state employees to take the vaccine. He chose to walk away from a $3 million a year job. Mm. Okay. So, yeah, I get fired up when we talk about this. And and I love coaches. Some of my best friends are coaches. And I want them to make as much money as they can. But let's put it (laughs) in relevant talk here on what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. You know? Like, you know, we talk about education being underfunded all the time. I'm working with Redline, you know, fundraising just to make sure kids' programs, whether it's football, basketball, baseball, softball, uh, band, that they can get the funding they need. And these coaches are walking away from lucrative deals, for more new lucrative deals. They're finding the way to pay the coaches for this, but they're not they're not able to fund the rest of it. it, it it's really upsetting to me because right now a lot of high school programs are in jeopardy mm-hmm. and and these football coaches are getting 100 million dollar contracts and they're and they're and they're ecstatic about it they're happy it's like dude why don't we save some programs with a million of this dollars like i'll donate a million of my salary back yeah. if it'll go to help these high school programs like what none of these coaches not one of them will say that not one of them yeah, we're near the end of the show, so I want to just kind of put like my two cents in just from like the football side of things for a sec because like I think you illustrated obviously the financial and just kind of the morality, I guess, is, is maybe if you want to take it to like, you know, just being able to, to put funds in proper places and be able to help people like it's just it's obviously a multi-layer conversation a little bit, but just from the football perspective for a second, James Franklin is seven and five this year, right? Like, isn't he seven and five? Why is he getting a 10 year contract? Like they dump it down as much as possible. He's seven and five. And he might be another situation like BK that we talked about a little bit that like, this might be the best it gets. Like they might be like an eight, nine win team and they bust off a 10 or 11 win campaign one time and they don't win a championship. Like I, I I don't understand it from a football sense. Want to thank everybody though. That's tuned in. We're right at an hour. Perfect timing tonight, by the way. What a great time by me. But I want to thank everybody, whether you are listening on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, or on TikTok, on David's TikTok. I want to thank everybody for tuning in, being a part of the fun. Uh, a lot of conversation. We touched on a lot of different players, a lot of different coaches, a lot of different situations, and just a chaotic world that we're living in right now in college football. So I want to say, they, again, appreciate you. But if you can, we, we ask a little favor here, just a little one, a little tiny one. Okay, on your favorite podcast platform, if you want to give us a five star review, give us a rating. We really appreciate it. And as as the ratings flow and we keep getting great feedback, the podcast grows. So we appreciate you all. Make sure to check out MaverickSportsConsultants.com. Make sure to check out RiseAndDraft.com because we got a cool little 
announcement that's been teased out there, but we're going to announce something very soon here. Uh, David Turner, I'm going to let you pop in here for your final word. As always, my friend, this was fantastic. This was fun, and I appreciate you as well. I appreciate you. I appreciate everything you bring to the show, and obviously heated conversations, as always, with us, mainly on my end, but that's just the way my Italian blood rolls. Um, And, again, I, I appreciate we are able to talk football. We're able to talk the business of everything. Because that's what we want to bring to our audience is a, is a different viewpoint on it all, trying to put everything into perspective with, from the business to the actuality to the how it impacts kids all the way through. <laughs> but talking about impacting kids, I'm going to bring it down a little bit. Um, I heard right before we got on, I had been working. I didn't have the TV on today. Uh, Pontiac, uh, our hearts and souls go out to you. Our prayers obviously go out to you. Um, these kids and the teacher that got shot and the other uh, individuals that lost their lives. I, all the news is just coming in. I don't have it all, but I did want to say tonight at the end of the show, our hearts are really in um, are sinking because these these types of school shootings are just becoming too frequent, too too frequent, too prevalent. And and you know what? They're not. It's it's like not shocking to some people anymore. It is. It's kind of taught like it is what it is. And um, over Thanksgiving, I saw a video of a man in Texas getting shot and killed um, over a dispute of picking up his son from you know from his uh, wife's house. And it was a situation where it didn't need to escalate to that. And now, just a few days later, we're seeing a uh, we're seeing a school shooting. Which again, if mental health was more prevalent in our country and we reached out to our kids and we tried to help them with whatever they're dealing with emotionally, hopefully these would go down. And if the availability of guns went down, I still think these would go down. Um, people lost their kids today. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, teacher got shot today and they were trying to educate and you go to school every day, Ryan, and you educate, you're an educator. Yep. Um, so as a parent, as a as a dad, you know, I, I I I couldn't even fathom the horror of a phone call like that. That these these send the kids off to school and then they get this call. Yeah. So I know we had fun today and we talked a lot and we we complained about college football a lot and coaches' salaries and things, but the reality of what happened today in Pontiac, that's real life. Absolutely. And that's and that's uh we're always going to talk a couple minutes at least here on Map Sports take on stuff like that. Yeah, and I know every time um, at my school we do a, a lockdown drill or an active shooter drill, it's really scary. And it's really scary because it happens. <laughs> and it's it's um, it's a shame. It's It really is. And it's a shame that people are, are subjected to it. And it's a shame that it's an issue in the country. And it's a shame that we continue to have to talk about it. Um, it's just... My heart goes out as well, and I, I don't have enough information about it other than just the people that were affected and just kind of the brief synopsis of it. But my heart also goes out to everybody involved. My biggest condolences to every family that is affected. So uh, that were, is going to be it here. Mav Sports Take again, episode 66. We'll be back same time, same place next week. Make sure to tune in Tuesday night. We'll be bringing you a more inside look into the business of sports on this unmuzzled sports talk here at Maverick Sports Consulting. Mav Sports Take, signing out.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.